Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Really great to be with you here today, and really, I've heard so much about Faith Assembly, and part of that has been through the work of what we call uh, the Board of Regents in Asia Pacific, which is a group that's been really funding our um, our, our Bible schools and our future pastors and our training initiatives over the years. And so I just want to say thank you so much to Faith Assembly that over the years has invested into this ministry and really moved the ball forward in the kingdom of God in Asia Pacific as a result of that. So in many ways, uh, I'm, I'm really here to say thank you and uh, to ask for your continued support of our Board of Regents. But really appreciate the incredible investment that the church here has made over the years. And what I want you to do right now is give yourself a big round of applause because you deserve it, all right? The person next to you or in front of you or behind you has been investing in this over many years, and we're super, super appreciative of that. So today, I, I, the Lord has put a message on my heart. You know, I mainly, as I travel around the United States, um, talk mainly on the topic of missions. And so I've got a variety of missions messages, but prayed, and, and I felt as if God wanted me to share this message with you here at Faith Assembly today. And the title of my message is Mankind's Big Dilemma, and our mission's theme is Christ Among Us. You see, mankind actually has a big problem or a big dilemma, and I'm sure you know that, right? If you don't know that there's a problem going on in the world today, you just need to turn on the news, and depending on what news station you watch, it will depend on what big problem they present to us, all right? So there's a variety of problems. It's fascinating to me. I'm just now coming off a three-and-a-half-week trip to Asia. So I got back on Thursday, so if I seem kind of loopy, it's because my time zones are like way off, all right? But I just got back from this trip to Asia, three and a half weeks over there, and, you know, traveling to a variety of countries. You flip the TV on and you watch their news stations, and this may come as a shock to you, but they're not talking about the U.S. election that's going to happen in November. Shocking, right? But they got their own elections. They got their own problems. And depending on what country you're in, it could be a war that they're talking about or hunger or some other kind of big thing. But I want you to know that there is a dilemma out there among mankind. And you see, the problem we have is that we were created to worship the Lord and sin has separated us from doing that. There's just not enough worship out there. There's just not enough people who claim Jesus as their sovereign Lord and Savior that would say, Lord, I worship you. Lord, I serve you with all of my heart. Lord, I give you my whole life. And you see, Christianity is really and should be a life of surrender. It should be a, a, a way of life where we say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. And this is really something that leads us to talk about 
the mission and what's at its core. You know, Pastor mentioned that I represent the mission here today. It's a mission that you've been a part of and, and, and giving towards and you support missionaries monthly and then give to a variety of projects. But I want to kind of uh, let you know that missions ministry is really incarnational in nature. Now, incarnational, it's a big word, but the incarnation is when Jesus went from heaven and became human and lived among us. You see, missions is someone, it doesn't matter who it is, what they look like, or what their original culture or language is, but missions is somebody deciding they're going to go to another culture and they're going to learn a language and learn a culture so that they'll be able to bridge the great message of Jesus among all people everywhere. You see, this is the last mandate that he left us with before he ascended up into heaven. And I want you to know that all of us here today are recipients of mission because somebody decided to bridge the gospel to another people and another place. See, I know this is going to come as a shock to you, but Christianity did not originate in the United States. We got that off the table, thank goodness, right? It doesn't mean I'm, I'm not, uh, you know, uh, that I don't love our country. It's just that our country didn't even exist when Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. But see, he stood there in Jerusalem and he said to his disciples, go and bring this news about my death and my resurrection to all people. And this has been going on from century to century. Let me read you a couple verses in John 1. John 1 verse 10 says this, He came into the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him, but to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. We're children of God. Amen? They are reborn. Not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. In essence, this describes the greatest mission in history. I want, to, I want to read a second scripture to you in 2 Corinthians 2, verses 14 to 16. It says, But thank God He has made us His captives and continues to lead us along in Christ's triumphal procession. Now He uses us to spread the knowledge of Christ everywhere like a sweet perfume. Our lives are a Christ-like fragrance rising up to God, but this fragrance is perceived differently by those who are being saved and by those who are perishing. To those who are perishing, we are a dreadful smell of death and doom. But to those who are being saved, we are a life-giving perfume. And who is adequate for such a task as this? You see, we are not like the many hucksters who preach for personal profit. We preach the Word of God with sincerity and with Christ's authority, knowing that God is watching us. Three things I want you to know about these verses I've read this morning. Number one, we are Christ among them. Don't think for a minute 
that the mission of God begins when you get on a plane and you go to a foreign country and you tell somebody about Jesus. The mission of God begins when we leave the four walls of this church and we interact in this community of North Fort Myers and Fort Myers, Florida, or wherever the Lord would take us. And you see, this is what these verses are saying is that Jesus came from heaven to earth and he bridged his message and who he was to the people around him. And he wants us to continue the mission by bridging the gospel to people that are all around us. You know, I was um, up in, I'll go ahead and give the state away because I'm from that state and I think we've got a few people from that state maybe here today. Um, I was in the state of New Jersey and I was preaching a missions convention just like this. So I'm in New Jersey, and I preach the missions convention, and afterwards the pastor says to me, Brother Jeff, we're going to take you out for the best Chinese food dinner you've ever had in your whole life. Now, I don't know what it is about being a missionary to Asia, but everybody wants to bring me to Chinese food, all right? Pastor Blake, thanks for bringing me for not Chinese food last night, you know. <laughs> so anyway, I, but of course, I'm the missionary, and I'm less like, hey, wherever you want to go, no problem, and they're like, we take our missions committee to this restaurant every month. We meet once a month at this restaurant. It's great. You're going to love it. We've been doing this a long time. So we go to the restaurant there, and we're sitting there, and um, there's a guy on the missions committee sitting to my left, and he gets into me a little bit. Now, by the way, you're not supposed to like get into the guest speaker that much. You're supposed to be nice to the guest speaker, but he got into me, and he goes, hey, do you really speak Indonesian, the language? And I'm like, yeah, I lived there 23 years. By the way, this shirt is from Indonesia. I didn't pick it up at a Florida tourist attraction store on the way to the church here. Um, so anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and I'm like, yeah, no, I speak Indonesian. And he's like, well, you can't really prove it to us. And I've heard missionaries say they speak the language, but they can't speak the language. And I didn't know how to defend myself except when the waitress came, she was, you know, came in from behind me and said a dish of crackers in front of me, shrimp crackers, and I said, well, in Indonesian, those are krupuk. And the girl behind me gasped and said, oh, you can speak Indonesian. And here the waitress was from Indonesia. And we started having a conversation. God is good and his timing is always good, right? So now this guy was kind of put down a little bit. You know, he didn't want to talk. But this girl and I start to talk, and I find out she's been in America for seven years. She doesn't really have any family or anybody there. And I also find out that um, she's from an unreached people group on the island of Borneo in Indonesia. So we, we, she, she brings all of our food out to the table, and when she gets it all out to the table, I said, her name was Ernie, I said, Ernie, um, we're a group from a church, we're Christians, and I'm wondering if when we pray for our meal, if we can pray for you too. She said, would you pray for me? I said, of course we would. And I said, um, let's pray. And so she, she raised her hands up like this, and it's kind of a, a, a how Muslims pray. By the way, Indonesia is the largest Muslim country by populace in the world. So she holds her hands up, she closes her eyes like this, and of course, me being a little bit loud on occasion, uh, I decided I would pray for her in Indonesian in the restaurant, you know, so I stood up and I start, by the way, a secret of preachers is we can preach a whole sermon in our prayers. I don't know if you knew that or not, you know. 
So I'm praying for her, but I'm like, Lord, I pray for Ernie. I know that if she would accept Jesus as her Lord and Savior, you'd change her life. I know you died on the cross for her sins. I went, I went through the whole Romans road. I went through the whole message of salvation in my prayer. And of course, the team from the church is very embarrassed because I'm praying in Indonesian, not in English. And this whole restaurant is just like, okay, who's this weird guy in a weird shirt speaking in a weird language? Nobody's inviting me out to lunch after church today, I can tell, right? So at the end of the prayer, Ernie is moved emotionally, and she looks at me and she said, I've lived in this country for seven years, and no one has ever prayed for me. And the troublemaker sitting next to me said, well, that's why we need more missionaries here in America. And I said, actually, you should be ashamed of yourself because at your own admission, you've been coming to this restaurant every month for the last year or so, and you've never stopped to ask this girl her name, where she's from, or anything about her. You see, Christ among us starts when we walk out the door and we go out to eat and we stop in the gas station and when we're at the school, when we're meeting our neighbor, it doesn't mean we have to jam the gospel down everybody's throat, but can't we just ask somebody, what's your name and where are you from and, and say that you care for them and if they ask you any other leading questions, you can say, let me pray for you because I'm a Christian and I believe that Jesus Jesus could change your life. You see, Christ among us starts with us. You are Christ among them. I am Christ among them. The missionaries in Asia Pacific are Christ among them. Second thing I want you to know is that we are the power of Christ among them. We are the power of Christ among them. You know, what, what I love about this, the, the Scripture in the story is that, you know, Jesus came to earth and had this miraculous ministry where people were healed and demon, d uh, demons were delivered from people and, and weather events were changed. How would you like to stop the next hurricane that blows through Florida? Hallelujah, right? You know, Jesus was this amazing miracle worker, and, and when he sent his disciples out in the book of Acts, they were miracle workers too. And when he says that Paul writes in 2 Corinthians, we are this sweet smell, this perfume among people, it's because as we invade the world, we're invading the world with the power of miracles to see people healed, to see people's lives delivered. And I just would ask that you don't pass on opportunities opportunities to pray for people who are ill and who are in trouble. You know, I believe that not only are we Christ among them, but we are the power of Christ among them. I want to say that I believe in my heart as I look out over this audience that there are those of you here today that this week will remember my words because you're going to encounter someone who says, my life is in trouble, this is happening, or that is happening, and the Holy Spirit is going to arrest you, and you're going to say, I want to pray for you in the name name of Jesus, and let's let the miracles roll in Fort Myers, Florida. Hallelujah. You know, 
If I started recounting the miracles that I've seen now in my wife and I's nearly 35 years of ministry as missionaries, there wouldn't be enough time to fill out the day. But I want you to know that our God is a miracle-working God. We're not worthy, actually, of these things. And yet, He, he decides to use us anyway. You see, as our missionaries are serving overseas in these 40 countries that my wife and I oversee, as they're living there, you know, they're regularly reporting that God is doing miracles in people's lives. And this is how the gospel is advancing, because we are the power of Christ among them. The third thing I want you to know is that we are the message of Christ among them. You know, when I talk about the message of Christ, I, I guess I want to remind us all what the message of Christ is. And here's the nice thing about the message of Christ. I, I think Christianity tends to present itself as being a little bit complicated. And I only know that because, you know, over the years we've worked with a lot of people who walk into Christianity with no Christian background at all. Like, you know, they don't know who Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are. They don't know about Noah and the ark and all these other things, you know. So they're, they're trying to figure a lot of this stuff out. So here's the simplified version of we are the message of Christ among them. It is that Jesus Christ died on the cross for the sins of mankind, and number two, that he rose again from the dead. Anything else <laughs> is really not the message that we need to preach. You know, the problem with Christianity is that we've gotten sometimes off message. We're, we're preaching things and about things that aren't what's the most important thing. And, you know, having served in a large Muslim country for many years, I want you to know that sticking to the message literally kept me out of jail. Sticking to the message literally kept me from getting killed. You know, I, I don't often talk too much about the, 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 the different, you know, sufferings and things that we experienced as a family, but when I was arrested, and I was arrested one time, as you can see, I'm not really jail material, okay? And so, you know, I'm in jail, and... Uh, you know, the, 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 the policeman is bringing in witnesses. And by the way, there's blasphemy laws in the country where I live. And so, you know, blasphemy is speaking out against their, their prophet, their book, their religion, um, and even in, if you speak out against the government. And so it was comical for me because here I am. I wasn't quite on trial, but the police captain's got me. He's bringing witnesses in. And the guy's like, yeah, I heard him preach. I heard him preach a few times. And he says the same thing every time. Jesus died on the cross and he rose again from the dead. And, and the witnesses kind of kept saying the same thing over and over again. And when he finally had brought all the witnesses, I said to the policeman holding me, I said, I'll go to jail for that. If that's what you're going to put me in jail for, I'll go to jail for that. If it's anything else, I'm not willing to go to jail. 
I'm not going to go to jail for, uh, you know, making statements about the government here or speaking out against the other religion, the majority religion here. But I am willing to die for the idea that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead. You see, that's what the apostles went to jail for. That's what the apostles were killed for. And that's really the message of Christ among them. My wife and I had the chance in 2021, we were back in Indonesia for a trip. And while we were there, um, you know, COVID had its ups and downs during those years. And while we were there, just a a sweeping amount of COVID had kind of run through the country. And so they had shut down roads and domestic air travel. And, you know, we thought we were in lockdown. Of course, in Florida, you guys didn't have it so bad. But, you know, the United States thought they were in lockdown. It was just not really lockdown compared to overseas. I mean, they had military on the streets with guns so that people couldn't go anywhere, you know. So they, they, they had shut down all domestic flights, and my wife and I needed to get back to the capital in order to fly home, and it was about an eight-hour overland trip. And I had a friend in the city where I was who had a few cars and, and some drivers to go along with those cars, and I said, hey, do you think you could have one of your cars and drivers drive me to Jakarta? And he said, absolutely, Pastor Jeff, we know, would love to help you out. So the morning of the day of the trip, he shows up at our hotel, and he, um, at we're, as we're loading our luggage into the back of his um, like little SUV, I see there's a Bible in the back of the car. Now, this guy was a Muslim. I could tell from a couple different things, but he was definitely not a Christian. But I see this Bible in the back of the car, and I'm thinking to myself, what's my church member here in Indonesia putting a Bible in the, like the trunk of his car for. He should take care of that Bible. And so I just kept it to myself, but I kept looking at the Bible. And finally, the driver said to me, hey, I noticed you keep looking at that Bible. That Bible is mine, and I've been secretly reading it during my downtimes, but no one has been able to explain to me what it means. Imagine he's going to get in a car with me for eight hours after that, right? (laughs) So for eight hours, I mean, we went from Genesis to Revelation, you know, I mean, everything. And, And, you know, just a lot of good questions, dialogue. So we get all the way to the Capitol, and I said to him as we pull up to where we were going to stay that night before leaving, I said, would you like to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior? He thought about it a minute, and he said, you know, I'm a, I'm a little afraid I can't because there's no Christians in my entire family. It'll mean I'll be put out of my family. I'll be threatened. I just don't know if I can do it. I said, well, would you be, would you be okay if I prayed for you? And he said, yes, pray for me. So I put my hand on him. I prayed for him there and just thought, well, I planted a lot of seed. You know, let's pray. It re- somebody else reaps the seed, and he becomes, you know, fruitful. Well, a year later, I'm back in the country again, and I'm going to have dinner with this friend of mine, and he said, I'll send the car and driver to pick you up, and sure enough, it was the same car and the same driver. He picks us up at the lobby of the hotel where we are. We pull forward a few feet after getting in the car, and he turns around looks at my wife, and he says, I've accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Praise God. But he said, pray for me, because my wife is not a Christian yet, and I have a six-year-old daughter 
who's never spoken a word in her entire life. She's completely mute, and we don't know what's wrong with her or what the doctors know is wrong with her. And so I said, yes, we'll pray. And I, I sent a past, another pastor. He'd been going to a church, but sent another pastor to, to pray for him and pray for his, his daughter. And a few months later, not really all that long ago, the pastor sent me a video of his daughter speaking for the first time. His wife was saved. His daughter was delivered. And I want you to know this is kind of encapsulates everything, that when Christ is among us, the message that Jesus died on the cross and rose again from the dead is there, and that the power to deliver when that happens is there. And I want you to know there are two families now in that country, both his extended family and his wife's extended family with no Christians, but a, a, a wave, a literal tsunami of the gospel is going in both directions and two generations and two families, extended families, are going to be transformed with the gospel. As the music team comes, the last thing I want you to know is that our mission should be Christ among all mankind. You know, I want you to know it's not an easy mission. Our missionaries put their lives on the line all the time, and I know you're going to have your missions promised to be made in a little bit. You've got those in your bulletin and some of you may ask, you know, why are we supporting something so far away? You know, if I can tell you that our missionaries, again, are sacrificing lives, time, everything they have, because they want Jesus to come back. <laughs> they want the Lord's name to reign supreme in every country where they go. Last thing I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to read you an email that I received from one of our missionaries. So, you know, I'm the missionary boss now. So what does my email inbox look like? This is an example. Today we had a bad encounter on the road. Three rascals, he's a little, one of our older missionaries. Three rascals came out of the bush about 100 feet ahead of me with one brandishing a gun. I did not have much time to think. I stopped on the road and I opened my window about a third of the way and rebuked the two that came to my side of the car in the name of the Lord, announcing, we are Christians. The guy with the gun hesitated slightly but had the gun pointed at my face. He was close enough that I grabbed the barrel of the gun and it twisted apart and the barrel twisted out of the rest of the gun. It turned out to be a homemade gun. And by the way, in a lot of these countries, they, they make guns. So it is a real gun with a real bullet. It's just that they've kind of put it together in different pieces. He looked down at that and said, what am I going to do now? The guy on my wife's side of the car was striking her window with a large rock trying to break through. Fortunately, the window held up. As soon as I got the gun barrel in my hand, my wife shouted, go, go, and I did. And praise God, we're okay. I did get small ligament damage to my thumb, a bruising on my arm and my face. But I guess I'll be fine. We were traveling to preach at some of the church plants that we have been a part of. 
I wasn't sure how much you want me to keep it under the wraps as I do not want to frighten my children, grandchildren, or other family members. Anyhow, I appreciate your thoughts and prayers for us. Our prayer when we travel is, Lord, let the enemy flee before us. I think to myself, this guy's a grandfather. (laughs) He doesn't deserve a black eye, right? But yet, on this last trip, I visited them, you know. My wife and I landed at the airport, and two missionaries were there to pick us up because there was uh, others with us. And when they were deciding what car to go in, I'm like, I'm going with the guy who wrestled the gun out of, you know, the bandit's hand. I say, aren't you worried? Are you thinking about going home? He's like, no, the work's not done. And we've committed ourselves to see Christ among this nation until everyone believes. So bow your heads and close your eyes. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for Faith Assembly this morning, and I pray, Lord, for their missions promise that they're holding in their hand, that, Lord, they would be reminded of the great sacrifice our missionaries are taking as they support this endeavor. Lord, I also pray in Jesus' name for those here today who might be going out this week into Fort Myers and that my prophecy that they would meet someone that needs prayer would come true. So Lord, in the name of Jesus, pray, Lord, that these next moments would just be full of your Holy Spirit and your presence. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.